0: Hi, I'm Ben,
1: and I'm Jess, and you're listening to How Bad Can I Get, and this is a special episode called For your, consideration.
0: For, your consideration. For your Consideration. Spoiler warning: we're about to spoil things.
1: Thanks, Ben. Just gave me thumbs up. I think I did it right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, and for your consideration, we don't watch bad films. No, we watch good films most of the time. So it's a film that either I really like or Jess really likes or that's been critically acclaimed. So Jess, tell us what you chose this week.
1: So I chose Emperor of the Sun. Um, And if (laughs) nobody knows what this film is, it's brilliant and everybody should go watch it. Basically, the premise for this film is, it's actually, I didn't know this before uh, reading about the uh, the information on the film, but it was actually based off of Ballard's autobiography, which tells the story of a boy called James Graham, who lives a very privileged life in Shanghai, and that's kind of turned upside down when, um, during World War II, uh, the Japanese invade Shanghai, and he's separated from his family. He has to fend for himself, and eventually he's captured, um, and ends up in a like a confinement uh, camp, and the story is all about Jim and what happens to him in that camp, and basically the psychological effect that a war has on a child, and the people around him as well. And I don't know if Ben liked it or not. So, did you like the film, Ben?
0: I did. Oh, yeah, that's not a, that's
1: not a really like chopped yes
0: i enjoyed it i think that maybe it was a little too long yeah, i thought it's quite long. there were certain parts in the movie that were obviously drawn out for artistic reasons and uh, kind of emotive reasons but there were some scenes that just seemed to go on a bit too long where it would just be Jim, played by Christian Bale um, walking through Shanghai and it's all very slow and c- cinematic so I see why it was done like that but it happened so often that i felt like it was just really bulking out the runtime and i was going I, some of them worked and some of them didn't i loved the shot there's a shot of him walking through shanghai and on the back in the background it's uh, the gone with the wind poster and i thought that was really good that was a beautiful shot but it was kind of sandwiched by him just kind of walking around and taking in the scenes which again from an artistic point of view makes sense but i think it happened a bit too much for me
1: yeah i see so i so i was different for that i enjoyed that pulled out um longer scenes where you you just see him observing because the uh, whole thing that i got from this film is that this child has lived such a privileged life he's always been watching from the outside he's never had to deal with any poverty he's never had to deal with any real trauma so everything outside of him just looks like something you see on television. He doesn't understand mm. it. He doesn't. He doesn't see it as a real thing. He just sees it as him watching, uh, like it's always through a screen with him. So like there's moments where he's watching events through uh, windows. He, uh, it's always through a lot of the time. It's through windows. So he's never mm-hmm. u- usually that. But there's always that barrier between him and what's happening. And then obviously slowly that barrier is taken away and there's no longer that window he's he's in it like that's what that's what's happening he's he's part of it now he's not just observing it he's he's in it
0: yeah i think my favorite scene actually kind of is that type of um intention anyway was uh, towards the start of the film where they're they get their private driver to drive them through the center of shanghai And it's just, it's already looking war-torn despite the fact the attack hasn't happened. But there's, it's military takeover. Then the streets are lined with people, like, banging on the uh, car and kind of, like, begging them. Mm. And you see him inside the car watching all this, being kind of completely bemused by everything that was happening around him and his parents ignoring the people outside. And there was a really beautiful shot because they're on their way to a fancy dress party and there's this really great shot of a clown, a a car full of clowns driving through this military-seized area with such panic. Like, I I really, really liked that and I think that's one of the scenes that I took a lot away from, one of the drawn-out scenes anyway.
1: So, the film opens... You get it establishes itself very well. You can straight away see the divide between like the rich, um, which are the rich English in this in this film is English. It's a lot of English who are over there working um in Shanghai, living the life of luxury, and then you see the other side of it from uh Chinese, I say Japanese there Chinese, um, and like Jim is like straight away he's not a likable child. He's a little brat who he's looked after hand and foot and sees himself on a pedestal above other people um, because he's never had to fend for, like I said, he's never had to fend for himself. He's always been looked after and this is just, it shows straight away. And you get this wonderful scene where his dad is like using a coin, a silver coin to play golf in his back garden, this beautifully kept garden. And his mother is playing piano and then you have jim just f- cycling on his bicycle around the grass like no matter to him with a burning plane already kind of playing war a little bit um and he's got uh they've got like basically like staff i guess or servants who are looking after them and then the just just there is disrespect to the people that they w- work with and they're just seen as like help and his father like, it really is, it just shows you what a little shit he is. And the fact that his parents haven't, like, not that they have no control over him. They just don't care enough to, they're like, it's fine if he's doing that. Because somebody else will deal with it type thing. So it really is nurture. It's And the reason why he is the way is his, he is is because of how he was brought up. And his parents, probably the same reason they are like that. And they allow it is because they were probably brought up the same way. They just don't know any better. Like, like his character at the beginning actually boiled me <laughs>
0: boiled mm-hmm. me. same
1: um, and yeah and so he's just fascinated with war and with um, army planes and the whole idea he's obsessed with flying he really he wants to be in the war he wants to be a fighter pilot like and it's all kind of dreamlike for him he doesn't he never understands the realism and what that would mean and which it happens quite a lot for him is that he completely doesn't see what I would mean for him to become a pilot in the war like the possibility of dying it's not that he just thinks it'd be fun because that's how he sees it and it's always like he's a like having he's like a spectator it's just all fun and games from him and he's never really realized it and his family are so unaffected by the poverty in the area and do 't even not even affected by the war just yet because of how wealthy they are. They're so sheltered uh, from the busyness of Shanghai and yet that's really shown in that scene where the beautiful cars are all going by and all these rich people are all dressed up to go to a wonderful party. and there's literally like mobs around them of people obviously not well off, you know what I mean not like, poverty stricken. Um, they have these men standing on top of the cars, just with sticks whacking them out of the way so they can go to their party. And the party was actually one of my favorite scenes because it really shows you like the ridiculousness of the whole situation that they're in and how they still haven't realized what danger they're in. They don't they just don't realize that they're in quite a lot of danger because they just assume they'll not be they'll be fine um, or haven't realized that it's time to go. And there's this wonderful wonderful scene where Jim is pretending to finds he goes off he goes off with his uh, his uh, paper plane and he finds like a wrecked army plane Um, and he gets in it and it's just this wonderful scene where his his paper plane is flying along and he's pretending to be you know I mean a fighter pilot like kids do like you run around sometimes pretend to play shooting games shooting games and stuff like that like pew 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 and he's doing that and it's just wonderful and it's just him playing and it's a complete divide because if you when he goes over that wall and he sees the battalion of uh of fighters basically or the military Japanese military just sitting there waiting obviously and he still doesn't see that as real it's his father obviously who sees the severity of a situation then that how much trouble they are and it's a it's a it's a lovely scene as well because it's like they split it by a wall they're like this luxury and wealth and like just not being in the world at all he's like his fantasy is on one side where he's like pretending to be a fighter pilot and then on the other side there actually is a war brewing just over the wall that's how close it is to them um, but I'll stop <laughs> because I could go on for this. No, I this thought was, I
0: completely agree. Like I thought that all of that run up to that running with the soldiers was really, really good. One thing that really stuck out to me in this movie was the soundtrack because the soundtrack was really understated. That I really liked that. I really, yeah. really liked that. There were there's some pieces that are just so quiet that they're quite eerie. And they use really ethereal sound and instruments and it it, it was really interesting because I was expecting like full orchestras and very dramatic and there was elements of that but the fact that the soundtrack could be so subdued in a film like this was really interesting. Because I don't think I've seen that type of soundtrack in a film like this before. The soundtrack always contributes a lot to the emotion of a scene. But I think there's something a lot more emotional and remote about a really pulled back score than there is Mm -hmm. about someone getting over that hill, seeing the soldiers, and then you get huge orchestrations. I think that it was quite nice that they went for the former. It was interesting
1: yeah especially yeah the whole start of that film is kind of like a subdued mm. and it makes sense that the music was subdued too because it's not hit the fan she hasn't hit the fan yet yeah. so it's like this kind of like airy hasn't quite kicked off yet but mm. it's about to yeah um, and then after the scene jim's father john i think his name was john he realizes how serious the situation is and it's hit him now that they need to possibly get out of shanghai or at least get away from their house so he brings all his family to a hotel so that they are not on their own at home and like they're not even in the whole the the hotel the a night when everything picks off you get this scene of sa- sales sailors <laughs> salesmen i was about to say <laughs> yet get this scene with the salesmen <laughs> <laughs> um there's a ship basically and um they are uh, there's some signals some light signals and again it's always this play on jim playing a war and but he's actually in the middle of it all the time as well Is in he's always there and it's always happening and he's playing on one side of it all the time so he's playing flashing lights back at them thinking it's just like he's he did it for just the fun like because he's not he's again he's just hasn't under doesn't understand the, like the scariness of the situation and then bombs go off It's chaos all the all the rich english are in the hotel and they try to escape and during the escape jim um loses his parents in the fray and he's lost basically and he ends up the only place he goes back to the only place that he really knows which is his home um where he stays for quite some time by the looks of it and i know again this is a drawn out one, but I think that was the that's this is what I really liked about this film is that there was no rush. Yeah. To sh- it like it, they were he there was like they wanted to show you that this was time like he wasn't in there for a day or two he was in he was possibly in that house for weeks on his yeah. own you know don't way. I like um, that. I like that.
0: Yeah. Like I, I I don't mind it so much when you've got that passing of time because when he's yeah. in the house you see him day by day doing different things. For me, I think with the slowness, the only place that really affected was in singular scenes where it yeah. just drew. out. I felt I know it like I again I know it was probably an artistic choice and all yeah. about the emotion of it. But for me, I think it happened one too many times. But this scene was one of my favorite. This part of the film was one of my favorite parts. Um, seeing him going back home and trying to deal with and uh, navigate all these changes. And you see him early on in the movie, um, he has this run-in with one of their servants, one of their Chinese servants, where he says to her, go and get me some food. And she said, no, your mum says that you're not to eat after dark. And he says, no, you have to do what I tell you. So she goes away and gets him the food. Now the tables have turned because he's returned home to his house, which has now been seized by the the Japanese. And the servant, who he said that to, walks out carrying his parents' furniture and he says, what are you doing? And she goes and slaps him across the face. And I thought that his reaction for a child actor Christian Bale nailed that, like, and that's one thing that has to be said. His acting in this for a child is brilliant, am- amazing, one of the best in any. Steven Spielberg is obviously. Steven Spielberg likes having a child actor right in the front of it, but I thought Christian Bale was one of the best. Him versus the E. T. guy.
1: Yeah, well, of course, I remember watching this for the first time and like, have seen Christian Bale and other things beforehand. And then I had to watch this and I was like, man, he fucking could act as a kid. Mm. Like, there was like, there was a lot of, I felt it from him. I actually, I felt, I felt it from him. I felt like that, that, that like build up of dread, like literally panic that he was feeling at moments. I like, I felt it all. Yeah. So, cause even when he gets chased by that little boy who you seen earlier on, like knocking at the window mm-hmm. and he remembered, the boy remembered him as having money. So he chases them and tries to rob him. Um, like, when he was running and he gets away, um, he, his face was beetroot. Like, yeah. he looked like he'd just run a marathon. He was, and I was like, well done. And the shock and, like, stress on that boy's face because he's just, again, everything that he's going through is new. He's never been chased by a boy like that. He's never been attacked like that. He's never had loads of people completely ignore him and he's screaming for help. Mm-hmm. He's never had any of that happen to him. So it's all kind of like, it's so much shock and and new to him. Yeah. And then he meets bassy and um, Frank. Frank picks him up in the car, thinks he'll be worth some money because he's rich English fella. Brings him back because bassy Bass, is the real brains of the operation frank is just like his second hand man which is something that this character has a lot of he's always looking for somebody that he can use and usually they're like younger because it's like he grooms them like as in to think that he's useful to them or he's like their protector but really he would throw them under the bus as like as fast as he can which you see him do many times
0: from oliver like oh yeah recruiting all the kids yeah yeah
1: Yeah, pretty much yeah and except for frank is not his kid but he kind of acts like one and so and there's a few obviously there's this scene with the rice and he's absolutely starving at this Mm -hmm. point he's been he's had no food in his house for a long time he's had no water in his house and then this man picks him up and he sits in there and he's just like you've got this beautiful angle where he's like eyes are on the prize which is the rice Uh, While they're asking him his questions and he's just giving them whatever they want, whatever information. It's like he's being tortured, and he's just giving them whatever information they want because he sees hopes that he'll get rice at the end of it all. Mm -hmm. And they give him rice. Um, he literally burns his whole body eating it, and it moves on to them trying to sell him at one point. And like he's like, he's like, like, and they can't sell him because obviously he's in. emaciated he's emaciated from like not eating and not having a war and all for so long and they can't sell him and he's like again uh so many points where this young boy just doesn't understand he's like oh why didn't they want to buy me and they like say because you're like look like you're about to die basically but he still doesn't understand that like do you not understand what it would mean for them you to be bought you would be a slave Mm -hmm. you know in a way he doesn't understand he just doesn't realize what that would mean for his life um, he's just, he just doesn't want to no, understand why they would want to buy him. So Frank and Basie are going to just like leave him. But then the panic erupts in him and he like quickly thinks of how he can get them to not leave him. So he tells them that he'll bring him back to all the rich houses, tell them which one has things worth stealing in it. And that's what he does. So he brings them back to their house.
0: I felt quite disconnected from the movie up until they end up in the prisoner camp Uh, just kind of that section between john malkovich being introduced and them ending up in the camp i felt a bit of a disconnect there i was trying to focus on what was happening and i think a lot of it for me got lost because i'm dense Um, no honestly
1: like i've watched this a few times and Every time I watch it, I see more in it uh-huh. that I'm like, oh, you just there's so much. If you've only watched it once, I don't think you would get all the nuances or yeah. you wouldn't see all the elements that I have seen because mm. I've seen it so many times that I know the story and now I'm viewing it from a different lens For in a sure. way, yeah, because I'm watching it from perspective of, oh, this is beautiful, like, there's so many beautiful metaphors within this like i said the window metaphor or i think it is anyway i don't know i haven't looked into it but this is my interpretation of it is that the idea is that he's always watching it from out, like in a window and then he's in it and then again when he's in the camp he's watching it from he was watching the explosions and stuff like it was watching it something like he's watching fireworks yeah you know and the window has no, obviously, no glass in it, so it just shows you that, like, he's watching it through a, a window that subsequently is so He's in the danger of it, you know, yeah. I mean? he's part of it. But I didn't really see all of these elements until, like, I've watched it like a second or second or third time.
0: Whilst it's a long film, it's a film packed with symbolism and imagery and really beautiful cinematography. There's a couple of shots in this movie. One of them, the Gone with the Wind shot. And the other one is a shot of the runway. This is a bit later on, but there's a shot of the runway at the camp where they're held. And at one end of the runway, you've got this beautiful uh, Chinese pagoda. And Mm -hmm. you just get kind of a pan shot constantly back and forward of the beautiful pagoda and then a building being blown up on the other side and then back to the pagoda, back to another building being blown up. It was really, really fascinated by that shot because it was it went on for quite a while and it was hammering a point in but it was doing it in such an interesting way like going from one end to the other really quickly Um, kind of that difference between the beauty and the damage and the two different um nations it was uh, really really good loads of examples of that particularly when you get to the camp i think that from the camp onwards that's probably the most emotionally captivating section and there's also a lot of opportunity for that imagery um like he's yeah. got his silent friend and on, on the other side of the fence
1: i loved him and it's so every time i've seen this film i know what's gonna happen, gonna happen to him i get really upset
0: That's uh, so sad he
1: was a he was a nice way of showing the humanity of of the other side because mm-hmm. that's the thing isn't it he's, he's quite can be quite biased and you're just seeing it from the one side of people in the camp being mistreated but not all these people are bad and it is war and let's be honest the the other side are probably doing just as awful Mm -hmm. things you know what I mean and I think the idea is to have that side of humanity and he sees that because he's kind of like he has that younger heart still a little bit and 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 that boy saves him at one point as well when he goes he like sneaks out of uh, to get a suitcase, he sneaks out underneath uh, the fence and almost gets seen. But that boy who's training to be a pilot, he saves him. Yeah, Because they've been f- communicating a little bit and being friends. And that obviously continues on when the actual war is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a point anyways, until he gets killed. The camp is an interesting one because it's like the first time it kind of jumps quite a lot in time. Because I think it was like, it was it 1943... And it jumps to nineteen forty five, so he's been yeah. in that camp like a year, year, two years, nearly. You know what I mean? And By the entire now, entire span is two
0: years because I think they comment yeah. later that it's been two years that they've been with yeah. him
1: or something. Yeah, and it's like the camp has become its own little community. Mm-hmm. You know that way, like there's they're not thriving, but they've they're working trying to keep themselves and survive in this in the situation that they're in so they have their own little communities they've got their own little like farm it's like a tiny tiny farm but it's a farm they've got a doctor's office you've got kids playing people doing the ironing and washing the clothes and it's like a system and jim is in the middle of all of it like he works everybody and he does it for bassy there's a scene where he's literally running through the whole campsite uh like swapping things for other things in order to get what he wants in the end and it's all that work just so he can bring like a tomato to Basie because he has to bring him something anytime he sees him and that's the kind of warped sense of friendship that they have. He has to do something for Basie. Basie does do something for him but in this in the but it's only like to the standard of like minion. You yeah. know the way here's here's a sweetie minion um it's it's brilliant because like basie is a bastard yeah oh my god he's a bastard like the very first camp that they they get into where it's literally just like a death camp they're just waiting to see who will survive and then they'll use to bring the rest of them to go and actually work on the other camp um basie is like robbing basically uses jim to like rob bowls off of dead people because if you have the bowls you can get more food so he like gets jim to to steal the bowls and jim kind of now is becoming a little bit like self-sustaining jim has survival instincts now so he also understands that he has lines but like this is a line that he's happy to take because it will feed him and it'll keep strong because of it but his line was he basically was going to steal shoes from a woman and give it to a dead woman and in front of her kids and give them to jim and jim couldn't deal with it um, he was like, "Leave, leave her alone!" Like, I, I don't want the shoes. I don't want the shoes. And I was freaking out, and I don't know whether that's because he kind of sees it's like, a, like you know, because I mean? she had kids and stuff like that, and he sees how wrong that is, or it's like stealing from your like her, like he sees his, maybe his mother in her. I don't know, but it was a really powerful scene in the fact that this shows you what Basie is willing to do. Like, he has no line, yeah. And when they go to basically when they're picking people to leave, basic, basically, like the kids go on that that jim jim was looking after they go on to the truck and basie gets ch- gets picked to go in a truck and then doesn't care doesn't care that jim doesn't get picked but jim is so good at like surviving that he like found a way to get on that fucking truck because that's he just he's smart like that he's got quite quick instincts yeah so they couldn't. They didn't know the directions to get to the place that they were trying to go to because they're all Japanese and they're not from there. But he knows the area and knows how to get there. So he like uses that as a way of getting onto the truck. So he's quite clever in that way. It, it, although I think it just this shows you that he's starting to realize or he has now realized the situation that he's in and that. The only way he'll survive is to look after himself, like look after himself in a way, you know, that way. Even though he kind of was hoping that Basie was like a father figure, you can see that he also is aware that, like, he'll not survive unless he's willing to fight for his own survival. And that's one of the moments that he does that.
0: Yeah. And it's really interesting because. Like you say, now that he's got these survival skills and he's got that realisation of the situation that he's actually in, or at least somewhat of an understanding, he's still got that talkative, excitable nature, like that childishness to him. And in the movie, there's a really clear arc because he starts off ignorant, but childish and again energetic then that ignorance is pulled away when he's forced to experience the war and gradually everything else is pulled away that kind of child likeness and the sense of humour how talkative he is it just gradually gets taken away from him until the very end where he's just a shell and he's completely silent and it's a beautiful study of how war could potentially affect her child or did affect her yeah. child as you say this was um uh, based on that autobiographical novel um so it's uh, seeing that acted well alongside all of that arc that he has is really kudos to christian bale like young christian bale because it's a powerhouse performance out of all the characters he has the biggest change and the biggest leaps and and he always uh acts very good
1: (laughs) (laughs) he do good job yeah like so there's like this bustling community and he's actually got a skill learning as well he's like learning from the dr dawins who's like uh the medic at, at the camp and um it, the scene is awful as well because he comes in and Darwin's is like trying to resuscitate a woman and then just hands it over to Jim. Just keep uh keep doing it and don't do it too fast. Do it the same way I'm doing it and just let him do that. And then he's doing it and the woman's dead. You know what I mean? But then she twitches because. She's some blood has like rushed to her or something like that. So she twitches and he thinks he's brought her back and he's just he can't believe it and he's just like he's pumping because he thinks he can do it, he can bring her back. And Darwin's has to pull him off her because he's like, No, she's dead. She just twitched basically. It's like an effect of trauma being traumatized so much that five seconds later it's all right again, like everything's fine. You know what I mean? It's not affecting him anymore. Mm -hmm. Because he's out, he's, able to, he's able to kind of make a a point of if you get a net, it means you're going to die. You know what I mean? Oh, so he says, oh, so that's what it means—you're going to die, basically. And that's why they get the mosquito net. Like, <laughs> and, and it's just matter of fact. And um, whereas, obviously, just a moment ago, it was it affected them more. yeah uh, yeah. And then there's like I said, there yeah. was that beautiful scene where he's like watching the bombings, like they're like fireworks, and um he also has this interesting he's interesting because he seems to understand the japanese quite well and and um he because he's so observant he understands the culture and how how respect is and what Mm -hmm. respect is he understands that we're americans and english this side don't really understand that kind of respect like that kind of level of respect but he understands it and he's able to yeah. use it to his advantage to actually help other people. Like twice he does it. Like doc- the Dr. Darwin tries to stop Sergeant Nagata from smashing up the hospital. And he, and the reason why he smashed up the hospital is he's in a rage because I think there was an attack and they were beaten back or something. So he was getting out on them. And Darwin, doc- the doctor tried to stop him and then oh, he gets a beaten, but jim actually saves the doctor and because he understands the correct way to deal with that situation and the doctor doesn't and that's the difference is that he adapts very he now adapts very well and he's learned the language he understands japanese whereas like not everybody in the camp does he's like he understands it and he's made that um leap whereas the other's because i don't know what it's it's an age thing or something but like they've kept their very there's very specific ways of how they culturally are and have not learned how to adapt to their the situation that they're in as well as he has
0: i found that that really interesting that kind of watching that community and how they all react when jim Saves the Doctor by using his Japanese yeah. skills and his knowledge of of Japanese culture when bowing, etc. Because the reason I thought... The reason that Jim has picked this up is because he has nothing apart from this war. He's got nothing left. So he involves himself in both sides in that he watches the Japanese um, and entertains their culture and thinks that it's quite fascinating unlike everyone else he'll go and watch them uh, saluting each other and bowing to each other it's interesting seeing this child pick up the language skills and become so advanced so quickly but i think it's because everyone else had something to do they had their families they could completely turn a blind eye to the war that's going on around them when it suits them uh, the doctor can involve himself in his work like these people. That um, and that's not me saying that they're unaware of the horrors, but like the reason that Jim is so in this war and understanding of both sides is because that's what he does. He watches yeah. it happen, and he's an outsider.
1: And he's always been an outsider, and he still is an outsider. Um. But yeah, no, it's, it's it's like yeah, and he does he does the same thing for Basie as well. Basie gets a beaten, and I quite like this beating for Basie because it really showed him his position in life, because Basie has built up his own little like crew. They're like figuring out how they can escape and stuff like that, and like all this sort of stuff. And they're all in it together, and Basie's like the head head poncho or is it poncho? What am I saying?
0: Head poncho. <laughs>
1: He's the head poncho.
0: Head honcho. Honcho with an A. What's a H. honcho though? A honcho? What is it? Head <laughs> honcho? I don't know what the... It's a honcho? I don't know what the etymology of honcho is, but I'll see. So head honcho is the person with the most authority.
1: Head poncho.
0: It doesn't say where it came from. A honcho is the person who's in charge. Head honcho in your office probably bosses everyone else around. The, I don't understand what that's this okay. Is. He's the so head, anyway. Honcho, never mind. Back to not the moon. He's the head poncho. He's the head poncho. No, I, I prefer poncho. I prefer poncho. So
1: he's got this quite high level within the camp, whatever that is, kind of level that he can have. And the uh, sergeant in the catches him with soap and he shouldn't have that because that's not, not a banned substance but he should have been able to get it basically so he beats the crap out of him and jim tries to help again but doesn't work this time and he ends up in hospital there's a possibility looks like he might actually die but he doesn't but when he returns there's this moment where he's speaking to ba- uh, he's speaking to jim at the oh i sorry i got distracted by the moon it's really pretty okay i'm back can you see it
0: no oh. trees trees
1: trees um and reason why i think this is a very good scene because it really puts basie in his place because Mm -hmm. he told jim to look after his stuff and jim he says to jim in the hospital he's like why are you here jim you're supposed to be looking after my stuff and he says they're bigger than i am that's all he like he all he says and it's like obviously that means that they've taken all of his stuff so when he returns there's nothing left and nobody speaks to him like as in nobody acknowledges that he's back or that like he's okay he's just not cared about anymore yeah um and yeah so like uh there's quite a lot happens uh from here on in, it's quite quick the speed ramps yeah.
0: up quite uh, a lot. there's a huge shift in pace. yeah it ramps up
1: quite quick quickly because um the camp is bombed by the americans i think it is and mm-hmm. jim is like he's just he just is so excited about the fact that the planes that are overhead uh, he's able to name in the mall he's like super excited he's like on the top of a roof and dr darwin's has to go up and like basically control him because he's like having a freak out while there's like bombs going off everywhere and he picks him up and he's like proper traumatized he's like speaking like he's like mumbling constantly to himself and then he finds out that Basie has left so he's left the campsite and Frank is devastated because he's just left Frank there because that just shows you Basie doesn't give a shit he's in it for himself um, and will leave and will use people at any opportunity and Frank was no different and that's is when the death march starts where they're all just rounded up and just they're just walking and it's an absolute death march and it's just horrible because it's just like people are dying they're falling down they're just dying and then there's this eerie awful there's like this eerie scene where they went end up in this room this like outdoor space that's just full of luxury things that they'd obviously taken from their houses and stuff like that and they've um, yeah
0: it looks almost like a coliseum that they walk into. yeah yeah, like, it's, it's like really a coliseum or a museum
1: of like beautiful things and they're just walking around and it's like really dark and and people are just sitting down and have just given up and they're just like i'm staying here kind of thing and a woman that um
0: acting playing dead yeah yeah and then there's the woman playing piano in the middle of the place it's oh that is really it was, eerie. it
1: was a really beautiful scene and um, the woman that Jim cared about quite a lot who's in the camp beds right beside her where her husband, she's just sits mm-hmm. down and she's just like, It's nicer here, stay here with me, don't leave me. But Jim again is self like he's motivated to live. He wants to live, so he knows that if he stays there that he'll die with her and there's no way he'll survive. So he and he leaves. He leaves her. And
0: Well, she seems like quite the reluctant mother role for a point in this movie and she does die as far as i'm aware because there's that scene where the rest of the camp are saying jim we're going we're moving up country we need to keep moving and like you say he stays with um what's her name again
1: mrs
0: victor he stays with mrs victor and. The next morning, he watches her die. And as he does so, he's like, he sees this flash in the sky and he goes, What's that? And then there's a ripple across the clouds. And he thinks, Oh, it's Mrs. Victor's soul. And that's her going to heaven. And then, not five minutes later, you find out that that was actually Nagasaki being bombed. Mm. That was them dropping the first atom bomb um and that for me knowing what it was when the flash happened mm. i was like oh my god this is this is quite heartbreaking and part of me hoped that they weren't going to bring it up in the next scene that that oh by the way that wasn't that that was nagasaki i liked that it had that dreamy kind of um Nothing was confirmed there. It wasn't confirmed that she was dead. It wasn't confirmed if that was Nagasaki or if he was having some kind of fever dream. Or I liked that it was left quite. What's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't outright ambiguous.
1: Ambiguous.
0: I like that it kept it ambiguous, or at least I hoped it would keep it ambiguous but it was confirmed in the next scene oh that wasn't her soul it was nagasaki being bombed um which is a stupid thing for me <laughs> to nitpick it is a stupid <laughs> thing for me to nitpick but i love that dream-esque feel yeah. of both that weird coliseum place and him thinking that that was her soul leaving her body and I was hoping it was just going to be almost completely disjointed Yeah, to kind of make you go, what was that? Yeah,
1: but that was never what this film does. This film shows you that kind of childlike imagination split by that and then what the reality of that imagination actually means so that he's seen this dream like her soul but the reality of it is something else and that's something that they play with throughout this entire film there's never yeah it's always this is the this is this is the creative imaginary imaginary side of a child trying to understand the situation or trying to have give some meaning to what's happening and then the other side of it is actually the reality of it which is the, a constant thing throughout this that juggles between it throughout this film eventually they get to a base and coming out of the air basically is food dropping out of the sky and he's lighted obviously because he's got food and this is actually when he sees basie again for the first time since he left so basie hooked up with like i think it was a bunch of americans or something Um. yeah and he's come to take the food as well
0: it's just after nagasaki yeah Hiroshima. so the war
1: is not happening anymore so you've got this really nice scene where the, Japan, the japanese boy that um, jim was friends with is has now landed there and
0: so that's the where they are that's the base that they were kept
1: yep so you just ended up back in the same place so he's there that boy is there still and there's food falling and one of them is a fruit and it's a japanese i think it's a japanese fruit it was a chinese fruit and it was a mango mango is it mango oh
0: yeah it was a mango i didn't know <laughs>
1: that it's a mango, guys. It's a mango. I only
0: knew because they can. Conf- because he says... I was... Wh- after it was, this happens, it was Jim yellow. says... It, he was just giving me a mango. Because I thought the same. I was like, it was a very yellow mango. Yeah. But... Well, I suppose they're kind of greeny yeah. yellow. Anyway.
1: So, um... He's going to cut it with a sword to help um, Jim. But basically thinks he's going to... Sh- cut Jim's head off. And he shoots him. Kills... Like, kills him. And... Um, Jim is just, like, so fucking distraught. Like, he's... This is this is the last. I think this is just it. So was I. I was, like... It's awful. Especially when the blood starts coming out of his mouth. I was, like, oh, God. But, like, he's just... He's had it. That's it. It was, like... It was the end point for him where everything was taken away from him. Even this bit of joy was taken away from him. Mm -hmm. And he tries to resuscitate him and basically tries to stop him. And he literally pushes Basie off of him. Because he's just, like... Mm -hmm. Like, I'm done with you type thing. This is when... He's realised what Basie is, and Basie leaves him, and like gives him a chocolate. He tries to
0: convince him though. Yeah, he does. Basie says like you should come with me and I'll take you back to your family, and it's Jim that says no. Yeah. Which I thought was great. Yeah. Like that was a really really good moment to see him kind of go. Ah no, you're you're not a good guy. I don't like you. Yeah.
1: Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off you. Calf. fuck yeah Basie a dick um, and he just he leaves him after and it, yeah it's a beautiful as well because Basie again it was just gonna use him all he was gonna do was take him home and try to get some sort of like payment out of his parents for look and, and say like he looked after him the whole time which was bullshit so I think he realized that and he understands that and he's like no I know I don't want to help you and um, so he's just like going around on a bicycle it's really like <laughs> the scene where he's just like going around a circle to the bicycle and and as he's going around, um, men are gathering around him, and they're they're Americans, and he's just going around and around and they're basically they they tell him the war is won, and they're gonna take him home, and he's in like an orphan a home for orphan kids because obviously he's not the only one, and this just shows you as much as from we've seen just him go through this. There were so many children that were in the same situation as he was, where they they were lost, lost their parents, or they 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 were um uh t- broken apart from their parents, and he's in a room full of the kids, and then all the parents was like rushing to look for their children, and he's just standing there, because he's just broken, he's quiet, he's just not there, and his parents come in and he doesn't even recognize them straight away he just just looks at them he knows who they are but he just hasn't registered yet who they are and he like takes off his mother's hat and touches her face because it's been so long since he's seen her and because of everything he's gone through he just doesn't you know what i mean he doesn't compute with him anymore that these are uh, the people that he's been imagining were coming back for him were going to rescue him um who were just late getting to him who he talks about all that you saw talk about all the time they're right in front of him
0: and we also had that moment earlier on when the camp was being bombed where the doctor comes up to try and pull him off the roof and he kind of breaks down he has a moment of hysteria running about on the roof going oh yeah there's bombs and planes fantastic and then when the doctor kind of sedates him not sedates him but brings him down a bit. Um he turns and says, I can't remember what my parents looked like. And that was heartbreaking and now you've got this scene where he's finally seen them again. And he can't recognize them. And you do them. get that from him, that kinda of, I don't recognize them anymore. Yeah. Who are these people? They're so far away from the world that I've now grown up in because this kid's lost his childhood and just been thrust straight into adulthood. Uh, yeah, yeah, really good
1: overall. Just great film, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Love it. I've seen it like three times, and every time I see it, I'm just like, oh. like, it's just wonderful. A lot of the time, it's from a different perspective, and this was nice to just see it from what it was like for from this side of the world what happened to them when they were over there. Um, so yeah, because it wasn't nice, it was not nice for anybody, but then it also shows you a hint of humanity on the other side you know when you see that bit where um, jim sings he's got this beautiful voice and the sergeant Nagat's his eyes water because on the other side of the fence the pilots are getting ready to become suicide bombers so they're doing a farewell like a ritual kind of thing like um to say farewell to them because they're gonna go and die basically and you could see even he is affected by what's about to happen that he's sending people just to die um it's just a beautiful scene all around and that's why just all this film is is just a film of beautiful scenes and yeah i have lots more i could say but i won't
0: <laughs> so we've got a different rating system for these special episodes we have seal of approval seal of approval Worth a watch Yeah it was worth a watch And Kill it with fire Kill it with fire Jess What did you think of this film
1: It has my seal of approval Of course I think that was obvious By much. how much I love it Like.
0: <laughs> uh Yeah I agree hey. Seal of approval Seal of approval I thought it was really good. Um didn't blow me away, I must say, but I love I thought it was beautiful. I thought that some of the cinematography was fantastic. Christian Bale was incredible. I loved seeing Western characters in a situation where they're the aliens. Mm-hmm. I thought that the direction was fantastic, out with what I've already said and i loved christian bale's performance kind of showing how he gradually lost touch with his childhood but also kind of lost touch with his sense yeah um which i really loved that every period of this movie had just a moment or two dedicated to christian bale gradually lose it losing his mind or losing touch with certain things yeah. like you had him cycling in circles on the bike you had him in this house when it first happened every single stage of his progress is always marked by some punctuation and that punctuation tends to be him having some kind of big reaction to something that's happened uh, and i thought that was really smart I thought it was really good thought it was a great choice. Good film, Jess. Good job. So Empire of the Sun, you can rent it on Amazon Prime. But you can also buy it on DVD and stuff, you know? You can do that.
1: Basically, you've got options. All right, thanks for listening. Um, As we've already mentioned in the last few episodes, this is our second to last episode. And our last episode will be a... Ender, I'll say
0: an ender. An ender. So, our next episode is going to be Jess and I discussing our top three and bottom three movies of the out of the past. How many is that? Twenty. Yeah, twenty bad movies. Jesus, that's more than I thought. It's just flown by, and then we've got our four good movies, which we're just going to ignore because we liked them. So back next week talk about films and stuff bye Bye.